previously on Willing to Adapt. So this week, we are talking about the infamous cult classic movie, Heathers. It is a John Hughes nightmare. I think the audience of 89 was not quite prepared for it. And yet social cliques are just as prevalent today as they were back then. So, you know, the cross-country people were a unique breed, you know. <laughs> At least it went my school. They ran circles around me. <laughs> yeah. When I first watched the movie, I think my heart stopped. But, like, even Hitler had a family. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't want to be Hitler, Mr. Hitler. Mr. Hitler. You realize this movie is taking another really dark turn. Yeah. He says to keep you away from knives, guns, closing <laughs> garage doors. Yeah. <laughs> now that we talk about this, the movie, I... I'm, you have to rewatch I it. I have to rewatch it, yes. This is You're going to like it team. more the second time around. I'm Eric Von Crumley. And I'm Romy Reyes. Have you ever wondered how a book becomes a movie? Or how a movie becomes a musical? Or how anything is adapted at all? Join us as we talk about your favorite stories and all the changes that were made along the way. But more importantly, why? This is Willing to Adapt. Do you want to talk about the musical? Yeah, let's move on to the musical. So people seem to agree, and I do, that the musical takes away some of the bite of the movie and a lot of the seriousness of the movie. Yeah, it does. I agree. And it makes the story more palatable to a general audience. Mm. It adds a lot more humor. Yeah. And most of it is not dark. Mm-hmm. Some of it's just goofy. Yeah. Um, and it, it's def- like I said, it's not as dark, but it also does kind of expand on some of the characters and themes. Yes, sir. So there are moments I really like about the musical. Mm. And I would ask you when were you first exposed to this musical, but I'm going to guess and say it was when I told you it existed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, that's not true. My, I think my daughter had heard a song from it. Oh. She, has, she had not seen it or, or she just heard that one song probably on TikTok or something like that. There's a couple moments oh, where the you? musical is a little bit even racier than the movie yeah no and and she had she even said she's like yeah dad i didn't finish listening to it or what something like that but i remember um i think back at that point i, I wasn't i didn't realize there was a difference between heathers and mean girls i thought they were actually the same movie mm-hmm. not the same movie but like huh. heathers the musical was a t- uh mu- musical made on mean girls well um the girl who plays Veronica in the original off-Broadway production went on to play one of the characters in Mean Girls the Musical. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But a lot of the people who worked on the musical came from a lot of comedies. Okay. And and a lot of... I didn't look too much into what they did, but mm-hmm. their big name stuff were big comedies like Legally Blonde. Mm. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. But let me say, Heather's the Musical, the book, music, and lyrics are by Kevin Murphy and Lawrence O'Keefe. The first performance of Heather's The Musical was September 2010 at Joe's Pub in New York City, followed by a run at the Hudson Backstage Theater in Los Angeles in 2013. Heather's returned to New York off-Broadway in March 2013 at New World Stages, um, and then it ran through August 4th, 2014. That's where we get the off-Broadway soundtrack. And then it ended up going to London's West End in, I believe, 2018, somewhere Mm -hmm. in there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that is when the show was finalized. Mm. There were changes that were made to the show before it went to the West End. That explains it. I noticed some difference in the music. Yes. And so if you do go and get the script or you try to perform it, you will get the West End script. Okay. So I saw the New World, was it New World Theater or... Something like that. Yeah, I saw that's the performance I saw. Yeah, so you watched the off Broadway production. I saw and I watched the West End yes. production. I did I did I have seen that one though. Okay. So I, I did watch um So you have that really s- awkward song. <laughs> Which one? Blue. Yes, yeah. I, I, I did listen to the well, of course I listened to the West uh West End soundtrack. Great. And I did watch some of the videos of just the songs from the West End production. Yeah, I listened to the soundtrack before I had ever watched it because you have to. Um, we you have to watch a bootleg YouTube video. There's no way you can watch the production otherwise. <laughs> um, and yes, I did watch the bootleg production. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but um, I when I was first exposed to this, I think I had. I think I was shuffling through songs on Spotify at one point mm. in Starbucks or something. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs from the musical came up. Okay. And I was vague. This is before I had watched the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to it. I was like, I kind of like this song. And I was listening to it. And then I realized it was from the musical. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So then after I'd watched the movie and I got super into the movie, I was looking up the musical. Yeah. And I listened to the whole soundtrack. And the thing is, there are some songs in the musical I do not like, hmm. but there are a lot of songs that are really good. Yeah. And if you listen to the soundtrack without having watched the show, mm-hmm. you get an impression of the show that kind of goes away when you watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you think that it takes itself more seriously than it does. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I'm going to make a lot of quotes mm-hmm. to a Playbill article that the the creators of the show uh, were interviewed in. Um, and it was, bef- it was before it went to the West End that okay. this article came out. So it, it does talk about some of the changes they were making in preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said, one of the tricks that we learned to use in the show is using positive language to convey ugly ideas and depict cruel behavior. The writing team says, uh, we tried our best to have our characters express positivity, even when they're doing terrible things. This outlook is more conducive to fun songs than one dwelling on misery and negativity, <laughs> and it sets a tone that affords the audience permission to laugh, even while exploring serious issues like bullying, teen suicide, and violence in schools. And, in a nutshell, I think that kind of explains what I don't like about the musical. No, I think we have we have the same feelings regarding it. Um, it kind of pulls away from a lot of the message of the original movie. It did not have the bite of the satirical uh, yes darkness of the of the original. But the, where the original movie is talking about how society takes advantage of suicide and overglorifies it, and people get glory from it and whatever, mm-hmm. it felt like that was what they were doing with the musical. The, the only I I didn't really look. Uh, research much regarding the musical but I did come across one to be fair there is very little research to be found I I did find one so I found a when it was one of the articles I was reading was on like the 25th anniversary or whatever anniversary it was of the movie and they referenced the upcoming musical and I can't remember where it was but they were saying uh, the author was saying that the musical wanted the 
Actually, no, I clicked on the link. I think it was like from an EW. Uh, Who is EW? Entertainment Weekly. Yes. Yes. That they uh, they interviewed the authors or the, the writers of the musical, and they wanted the musical to be more optimistic, hopeful, uh, to have a more optimistic and hopeful tone by the end. And, and they have been on record saying that there are cheesy moments. Yeah. But I just don't feel like it handles itself very well. I feel like it detracts from the message. It does. And I think that there's even... And this is one of the things I, I dislike in contemporary movies is where there's there's contemporary messages that we have to make a point and about. And they're very in your face about it. And they are. There's no subtlety. And it's like... Even if, even if it's a one minute or two minute thing, something I've learned recently that they can easily cut out when they get before they send it out to China to show it to yes. foreign uh, foreign audiences that may not accept our same Western uh, contemporary views, they they still have to put it in there. And, and there was and this musical has at least five. <laughs> yes, it does. In fact, the one that I thought was, you know, I don't know which ones you're going to bring up, but the one that that for me took away the the impact or the the climax of the that movie that was the most pigeonholed the which one was it for you which one do you think i'm thinking of you tell me the funeral scene yes yes okay oh okay i was gonna talk about that one <laughs> i was so mad yes i've told myself and i've told other people if i ever put on a production of heathers i'm taking that song out yes there but the thing is after watching the musical mm-hmm. there are too many changes i would want to make mm-hmm. like it would be a different musical yeah yeah, no, but it, like it, they definitely make changes. Yes, like yes. they stay true to the major plot points mm-hmm. of the movie, which is good. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of changes at the character level that I do not like. Yeah, that pull away from what we learn from the movie and mm-hmm. the character growths and and a lot of the characters are just flat in the musical. Like which ones? Like all the Heather's, for instance. Compared to the movie, yeah. In the movie, you get a sense they're real people. Mm-hmm. In the production, it's like they're just mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so and that's where the humor. I think they overplayed the humor. Yeah, there's a lot of humor, and it's and it is detrimental. I think. Mm-hmm. I, and I mean, maybe this is just me, but no, I think actually we might agree on this one. Because sometimes I don't like when they overdo humor because it's like our audience is not intelligent enough or not sophisticated enough to handle deeper tropes and yeah. ideas and stuff so we have to make it to spell it out it's, well I, there were literally moments in some of these songs or dialogue where they're very blatant about the messages they're trying to tell you mm-hmm. like during the funeral scene they basically literally say there's nothing wrong with homosexuality and everybody should be loved wherever they are mm-hmm. literally i was like can you be yeah. more on the nose and then there's a scene later on where there's one about um how everybody should be treated equal no matter what class system they're in. It's like literally like every every number was like on the nose, like here's your message for this number. Yeah, it, it's the, I think the idea, what I got when listening to it or watching it is that we have these contemporary ideals that, and, and it's funny because they're doing what the teacher uh, who wants to hold the assembly is doing right it's the same mistake that 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 she's doing that that uh they do with these in the musical it's that we have mrs fleming mrs fleming the hippie uh, uh <laughs> tell us when the shuttle lands <laughs> and it, it, that's one of the things i i liked in the, in the musical version of her was that they show that she's educated you know, and I and one of the things I I've, he did air quotes. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. I forget you can't see me. 
And so in the in the musical, they're talking about her her, her thesis, her senior, you know, her thesis, because yeah, she's like trying to sell like her method of like making kids non-suicidal, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the mistake we're making we've made in today's society is in in the education in the in the academic world or the in, you know out in, in in that in the area of the uh, the experts, the authoritarians, academia. academia. We've we they we know better now, and therefore we have to push these messages even if they fly in the face of humanity of who humanity is and in many ways i think that's nicely shown in, in mrs fleming mrs or ms mrs fleming because she's divorced something yeah so and where she's like i'm you know she I'm educated <laughs> i have i did my 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 senior thesis in this and you know she does all that cycle babble i know better i'm educated i can solve the ills of the world and well, because she starts chance. off sounding kind of like she really cares, mm-hmm. but then it quickly turns into, "I'm gonna fix everything. Please look at me." Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and it's in the musical, it, it's those ideas of like we have to throw these ideas in because it's what our society wants. And I'm, and in some, you know, I'm not saying anything that it's it's. I think it, it just get, wasn't handled well. It wasn't handled well. No, and I think it, they misses the point. It, it of was the checking movie. off the list of things that people like. Yes, basically. instead of uh, focusing on human nature, social structures, things that let's. I mean, this you know, some people, some of our, our, our listeners may disagree with me, but I, I personally don't believe human nature is ever going to get to a point where we just are perfect. No, no, we're we're human creatures no, i believe we can be we can become better we but... can but that's through individuals and through life and, I, right. and that that also takes away from and the people also point. have to want to change <laughs> they do and, and that's shown in the movie i mean in the movie too right, right? and somewhat you know musical because you see that with like betty finn and other people they yes they, they want life to be the way it is yeah they have no desire to change and it's that ideal that you know and, and this is where i think the the you know the miss fleming yes is it? Her, her idea is like, oh, we can just get together and sing and share our share our, our feelings, and then yeah, it, they call it the kumbaya number. <laughs> yes, and it's and the thing too, it's 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 let's share our feelings, and it'll make everything better. You know, let's state our truths, our feelings, what we what how we're looking at things, but there's no growth. No, no growth. Veronica, on the other hand, you know, she realizes she has to go through. No, she doesn't realize she has to, but that through this trauma. It's her decisions. She's gonna want. She. This is where she has to make the decision of what her character is gonna be, and 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 once again going back to the funeral scene, she doesn't have that same moment where she. she yeah, she's living in the cynicism, but she comes to that realization that you know there are other people. Are 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 the way we think or or look at things or not even that. Let me rephrase that. The way we interact with the world will affect those around us when she sees a little sister yeah a lot of the the research i could find Mm -hmm. about the musical in talking about the numbers yeah it really felt like the the writers were constantly looking for an excuse just to be funny Mm. like it didn't matter if it was supposed to be a serious moment like they just wanted to be funny yeah and and I know this is not your your cup of tea, but in the, in the that's one of my gripes with the Marvel movies from Disney. They have some good ones. They do. No, I, I, I I'm yeah, just they really do. not into but superheroes. No, it's, it's something I've seen in the, in our in our world in general, where it's like unless there's humor, they don't. It's almost like we don't know how to make a movie without throwing some humor in. And, and to me, like in the Marvel movies, as I'm watching them, it's the same thing I saw in the musical, where it's it's 
we need humor to move things along. Yeah, I mean, even tragedy has comedy. Like, you have comedic relief in tragedy. But there's too much sometimes. Yeah, but if, if it's not handled well. Yes, yes. That's the thing. And that and I, like, because uh, recently we, my daughter and I went to go see uh, Shang-Chi. Forgive me if I'm saying the name incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, if I didn't Mandarin know better, I, would, my, my first if I didn't know better I would have said Shang. So. I think it's Shang. I know it is. It's just... Okay, cool. So the I American right. me is like... And in the movie, there was they toned back the comedy to a lot of the previous movies and I was like I I appreciated it more maybe also I like dark comedy sometimes I do too so so it's it's there was enough balance in the movie of of humor the the movie handles the balance very well yes yes I mean it is more dark than funny Mm -hmm. but I think it handles it well at least for me no for me too yeah i think definitely for some people i think if some people have come from a maybe more traumatic background they may not be into it Mm. but i think generally it's handled very well so let's get into some of the changes that were made when they made the musical okay i think the first one i need to say i need to say it just to get it off in in, into the ether it doesn't look like the 80s (laughs) no yeah no like it looks like they like i want to assume they tried like obviously you got the colors for the Heathers and Veronica and they look vaguely like the outfits that they wore in the movie at least in one scene but none of these characters really look like they're from the 80s like none of the hairstyles are from the 80s and none of the the clothes really look like they're from the 80s like I feel like if I was going to do this like I would lean into the 80s now do you think they they moved away from that did they say anything about that they didn't I didn't find anything about the costuming mm-hmm I know that the, the the writers for the music said they they have been criticized for not making the music sound more 80s. Okay. And they do mention that in one song, they do, I think it's Fight For Me, that they, they do have some music that is reminiscent of the 80s mm. with some like the synthesizer, synthesizers. Mm-hmm. But I I have to assume they just wanted it to have a more modern feel. Like, I, I think they're banking on the Mean Girls yeah. movement. No, I, I kind of assumed they did. I, I didn't really... Do you feel that it, did, it took away from the musical by not putting it in the same era? I mean, it's supposed to be the same era, because she says mm-hmm. off the back, September 1st, 1989. That's true. So it is supposed to be that time, mm-hmm. but I think the costumers or directors or whoever must have just made a choice that said you don't have to lean into this just make it look vaguely like it okay which they do because in your production it didn't had very minimal sets but in the west end production it had sets that were adaptable yeah and it was set in essentially kind of like a courtyard for a high school okay but it was a very standard american brick looking high school Mm -hmm. like that could have been built in the 30s Mm. Whereas they could have leaned more into the 80s feel and had more of an 80s feel in the architecture of the school if they wanted to. Yeah. Like there were chances for them to make it feel more 80s mm-hmm. in the development and they just didn't do it. I don't think they really care. To be honest, I just got the impression they didn't care what era. No. They were telling no. their story. No. And, and it's fine. Like the story can be tell can be told in a different time period and mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. But I think part of the fun of it is that it is from that time. Yeah. That you are looking at styles from the time and and it is the culture of the time, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Although in the way that they, they write the musical, it's very modern. Oh, yeah, definitely. In, like, the sensibilities and everything of it. Mm-hmm. I just had to get that out of there. It, it in no way felt like the 80s to me. <laughs> no, it did not. 
and one of the other big changes, can you can you guess? The Martha? Yes, yes. That was exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, they got took away the other character. Yeah, so her name, in but... the musical there is no Betty Finn. Yeah. And the musical opens with how Veronica became a part of the Heathers. Which I kind of liked. Yeah, the it, uh, the prequel. Yes, but in the <laughs> in the beginning, Martha Dunstock is is Veronica's friend, mm-hmm. and so she's no longer this social outcast. Well, I see. I still got the feeling that she was a, a, an outcast. I just didn't think she was. It, it, for that one, I kind of understood the artistic change. You know, in the movie, I, mean, I know why they did it. Yeah, it's consolidation, it, and it is. And in, and in the movie, it was it was easier to for her to do that role, where it was a uh, artistic choice to, to keep her silent and then to have her you know speak at the end. So mm-hmm. there was that whole thing there with all the singing, with all the other stuff going on. I think that would have been a lot harder to to do that. Do you think it? Do you feel it took away from her character? I feel like it did, because because in the musical. She, like, she's that. relatively confident. Mm. Like, she, she genuinely right. okay. feels. I see what, I see what you're yeah. saying. She genuinely feels like Ram likes her. Yeah. And she has this whole song about how he kissed her when they were in kindergarten and how she's been pining for him. And so she I thinks. Did like, I did like her sweater when she was saying yes. that. Yes. The unicorn. Yes. And the fanny pack. <laughs> yes. She that was probably, she probably the only looked, 80s. Yes. She was. The, yeah. And in her hair, in her she had that ponytail. Yeah. yeah. But, um,. Like, she was relatively confident. Like, she knew who she was, and she was fine mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't until... So, it, it, to go along with that, I I will say it detracted from her com- trying to commit suicide. Yes. Yes. Because yes. I, I went from the... She's singing real confidently. Yeah. It and took, she her, it took to a lot of the pain Wait, out of it. Yeah. And the depth of it. Because mm-hmm. in the original one, she's this ostracized, picked-on person who has nowhere in this life. Yeah. And she... She doesn't really try hard, but she like has no place. Mm-hmm. And anytime she has, she's interacting at all, like she gets picked on. Yeah. And so she just gives up. She just decides there's no point. I'm mm-hmm. just going to end it. But in the musical, like it's not until she learns that the guy that she likes was probably either gay or just didn't like her, mm-hmm. and her only friend that she really had is now kind of turning against her. That she's like, well, I'm going to commit suicide now. I forgot about that part. Yeah, where she she's mean to her. Heather, uh, Veronica's mean yeah. to her. Yeah, to, in order to get yeah, it's like to a stop. weird like pseudo Heather Chandler's doing it. But yeah, yeah, it's because she she wants to investigate further into his yeah, death well, and stuff. Because in the musical, Martha thinks that his death, their death, must have been a murder and mm-hmm. not suicide, and she thinks JD did it, and so she wants to look in JD's locker. Yeah, and Veronica has to be mean to like get her off the scent and tell her, "No, I wrote the letter." Mm-hmm. And I feel it like also one of the things that kind of takes away, and I understand the. I just feel like it added unnecessary conflict. It did, and I, I, I think it was just part of the script change, and they, sure, yeah, by consolidating her with another and adding her as to you know what do they call her Nancy Drew is on to you. Yes, like Heather Chandler. Yes, I mean it was funny. It, like it was, it was funny. It but... was, but. Um, it takes away, and, and this is the one of the things I when they do things like that, and I understand wanting to give a little more, uh, would, it, would it be power to a character so that they're not completely a victim the whole time. Sure, you know, and, and I, you see this a little bit more in some of movies today where it's almost like suffering is toned down. 
Sure. Yes. Whether I don't know if it's done on purpose or not. Like in the musical, I don't know if it was just because they consolidated the character or whether it was done on purpose. But it takes away from the the journey of the person. To me, it does. Yeah, and, and it, it felt like it was a shallow journey. It was. Yeah, and because they don't have the same growth as the other one. Right. Mm-hmm. And then essentially by the end, she gets her friend back, and they relatively go back to the way it was. It's yeah. just a little better. Mm-hmm. And so it's like nobody really learned a bunch, except that maybe she's not so doughy-eyed. Yeah. And I don't know. I For me, I was looking at it more like Betty Finn could have been in this and then forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like you could have started with Betty Finn at the beginning and then Veronica ditches her. Yeah. And then, and then what would have happened is they would revisit her very briefly like they do in the movie. Mm-hmm. And you have Martha as a side character that gets picked on and stuff like in the in the movie, but you could give her more to do. Like mm-hmm. you could have some of this kindergarten boyfriend nonsense, yeah, if you want to, and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. And you, she could have been singing and whatnot, and and maybe Veronica kind of interacts with her a little bit and is mean to her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would have been better. No, I agree because I think it took, it also takes away from the whole. Um, whereas with Betty Finn she loses that that friendship kind of just it just is not going to happen but then she realizes that she kind of needs to leave it behind anyways because betty kind of perpetuates that society that the school has that's negative yes and she ends up going to the forgotten person throughout the whole movie right who who is like her own person yes you know and so it's it's a real cut clean she's going to the lowest person in the social hierarchy and starting fresh. Yeah. In the musical, like you said before, it's just kind of, oh, I'm going back to my old friend. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. we've seen in a lot of, I think, I, and that's, we've seen that, I know I have, in a lot of teen TV shows mm-hmm. and movies. It also lessens Veronica's growth. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that kind of brings me to this point that I might have addressed a little bit earlier. So, Veronica has little to no relationship with the Heathers in the musical, especially Heather Chandler. Mm. From the get-go, they just use her. Yeah. Like, they really don't care. They bully her around. They scream at her. There's that scene where literally the two remaining Heathers after Heather Chandler dies Mm -hmm. trick her into coming and then throw Veronica at Kurt and Ram who are drunk and are trying to, like, date rape them, essentially. Yeah. And it's like, if they were friends, like, in the movie... Because mm-hmm. in the movie, you get the impression they are friends. Yeah. They wouldn't have done that. And in the musical, they're like, Here, Veronica, we told them that they could sleep with you. Have fun. We're going to go now. Yeah. And, you know, it's just... In the movie, you get the impression that Veronica was just given this chance to join their group. But deep down, they sort of need each other. Mm. And... And even though they're very mean to each other at some times, like when Heather Chandler says, did, what'd she say? Did, did you have a, a brain tumor for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I'm reminded of high school, like even with my friends, like we were kind of mean to each other in like oh. kind of a joking way, but. No, I, I, my friends were too. I don't know that I think back but, upon it. But deep down you did kind of care for each other, but it's also, you were friends cause you had to be friends with someone. Yeah. And that's the impression I get in the movie. Mm. Like, they stick together because they need each other, but they do kind of care for each other in a weird way, even mm-hmm. if it's dysfunctional. Yeah. But, um... So the sh- the characters were more shallow. So much more shallow. So much more and shallow. And they just didn't seem to care for each other mm-hmm. at all. 
and they were just malicious. When you said earlier too, I think did you say that the the lack of depth or, or humanity. Right. Whereas you see depth and a little bit of depth in these characters in the movie, there's none in the musical. Mm-hmm. Like the one yeah, thing that made me laugh was when they go to visit Heather Chandler when she has a hangover. Yeah. She's like yelling at them, and I'm like, if you have a hangover, you're not yelling at people. <laughs> There's no way you'd be yelling at someone. It'd just make your headache even worse. Yeah. But the one thing I thought was handled relatively well in the musical is um, they keep Heather Chandler and the two boys around after they die as like a weird form of her conscience, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting to watch. Yeah. But it could have been an opportunity to deepen those characters, and they didn't do that. No, no. Like it could. They were still themselves yeah. even when they were. Yeah, that locker moment that mm-hmm. Veronica has in the movie, where she realizes that Heather Chandler was still kind of a friend to her and did mm-hmm. kind of care for her, even if it was done in badly. Yeah. Like it, it's not in the musical, but it could have been done because they are still around as part of her conscience. Mm-hmm. Like there could have been a journey into those characters, and I think it would have deepened the show. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So another one is, how did you feel about this in the movie when she decides she doesn't want to be one of the Heathers anymore? People point out as soon as she says, I want to kill Heather Chandler, that is when JD appears at her window and he starts kind of hitting on her. In the musical, Mm -hmm. it's not that way. They they talk and they sing together once, but then... When she realizes that she's going to be ditched and ridiculed and thrown back to the abyss of high school, mm-hmm. she literally is like, I need to get it on and I'm going to go find JD and sleep with him. I almost felt like it was uh, kind of like the funeral scene in which it was more of a let's throw a empowerment song in there versus, yeah, you know... Um, and I'll talk. We'll we'll talk about that. Okay. When we talk about what the the writers had to say in the Playbill article. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but I did want to say that. But none of the parents act the same as in the movie. No. Which is okay, I guess. But it does pull away from the world building that the that is so meticulous in the movie. Yes. No. The par- the parents and the teachers were very different. Yeah. And and at least the mom had that one redeeming yes that one redeeming yep. scene at the end towards the end here it was because even her interaction with the father it's I you know, I never quite got what why she would when like when she's like oh when he's like why do I smoke these cigarettes why do I read these books oh because you're an idiot and then the mom's like oh you too it was only in there because it was a reference to the movie yeah 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 and it because if was, it would only have been more impactful if it was repeated like it was in the movie yes yeah and then the teachers were. Well, I think they were kind of similar in both yeah. teachers. Yeah. They were similar, but goofy. Yeah. Goofier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, you know, Veronica's parents, they're, even though they're they're similar to the movie, like, they are flat in the movie and whatnot, in the musical, they are kind of concerned and attentive, mm-hmm. even if it's not done well. Yeah. And it, it does, I just feel like it doesn't work for the story, but that's a minor thing I can get over. And but you know Ram and Kurt's parent, their dads are basically just them. Mm-hmm. Like they're just bullies as parents. Yeah. 
and until so the my dead gay son number and then mm-hmm. it's like we're gay for each other somehow and this is hilarious <laughs> and let's all sing and dance mm. and that's okay i should point this out one thing that bothered me is there are a few dance numbers especially in my dead gay son the mm-hmm. dance number jd is dancing i'm like this guy would not be dancing <laughs> like this guy would be singing and dancing here <laughs> like what the heck it was so out of character yeah i didn't think about that yeah, but yeah you're right so one thing that they that was interesting and i i kind of like it but it really changes the dynamic Mm -hmm. in the musical jd and veronica actually really have a relationship and even though it's a bad one Mm -hmm. like they try to make it work and and even they put aside jd's dark aspirations for a while yeah no in the movie i kept on getting the uh what's his name Jack, uh, the Joker from the nineteen eighty nine. Jack Nicholson. He actually did reference his JD um, Christian Slater. He purposefully made it like Jack Nicholson. Okay, so I got that. Yeah, so then I, he did it really well. Oh, it's very obviously Jack Nicholson. And I was like, okay, that's the psychotic. I I don't know that I should know the difference, but between a psychopath and a sociopath, but he had that that whichever one it is. Yes. From that character. I almost felt like there was, whereas in that one, it was in, in the in the movie, it was very much a. There was no inner story about love. He personified a specific type of character, you know, the nihilistic, hurt, you know, ready to destroy the world and rebuild it from scratch, young man. They humanized him in the musical. Yeah. Now, did it work or did it take away from the movie? I feel like it took away because, like, in the the movie... It took away from the satire-ness of it, I thought. Yeah. um, It definitely wasn't as dark. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, you get the impression that... This is why he danced. Yeah. (laughs) In the movie, you get the idea that he does care about Veronica, but he is using her. Yeah. And so it is a bad relationship even if they do care for each other. Mm-hmm. But he is using her the whole time, and like at no point is he does he feel bad about killing her to suit his purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It does kind of bother him, but he's still going to do it. I wrote down, in, when I, when I, after listening to the musical, after the I Say No song. Um, Which was a new song mm-hmm. for the West End production. Okay, so that was from, yeah, it was from the soundtrack, I should say. I, when I heard the soundtrack, I wrote this down. Yeah, I think I remember telling you, listen to the West End production. It was... Uh, like it was almost like they were highlighting a toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. You know that was the whole theme yeah. of that there. Yeah, that was um, that was when they added in that they had said that they purposely wrote it so that they were trying to make Veronica have more opportunities where she was causing things to happen, mm. where she stood up more for herself, or where things were changing because of her choices and things like that. Let me let me let me just we'll just go back and we'll go through some of the songs okay. in the musical, not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. And these are quotes from them from that Playbill article, mm-hmm. and it'll explain some of this. So in the number "Fight for Me," mm-hmm. which is actually really fun, I like this number. I think it's pretty funny, and I think it works well for its purpose. Yes, it's um, instead of the JD pulling out a gun and pretending to shoot uh, Kurt and Ram, he just gets into a fight with them, mm-hmm. and he kind of puts them in their place by winning. 
Um, and it's the slow the audience motion. audience really seem to love the slow motion. Yes. Right? I'm like, okay. Yes, it's a slow motion fight. I mean, it's it, cool, but... Yeah. But this is what the writers said about Fight For Me. They said, This is a sneaky, manipulative number, and yet a heartfelt song. In Fight For Me, Veronica gets a guilty, erotic charge from watching mysterious hot new kid JD kicking the stuff out of two bullies. <laughs> Um, the director, Andy Fickman's brilliant slow motion staging was laugh out loud, funny, consistently stopped the show. By the end of the number, the audience is cheering and applauding a violent act of retaliation. This sets the necessary tone for the rest of the story early on, helping the audience feel okay laughing at some pretty harsh and cruel stuff while building evidence to make our later argument that harsh and cruel behavior is no laughing matter. And that is a little confusing. No, I understand it, but I'm trying to figure whether they succeeded at that. I don't think they succeeded in the ultimate that it's no laughing matter. Mm -hmm. Because they don't take themselves seriously. Yes. But it does give you some insight into their intention. It would have been different if they would have toned the if it would have gone from humorous and they toned down the humor as they kept on going. uh, Yes, and you can get the sense that they tried. Like Mm -hmm. when you get to... um, um, meant to be yours, mm-hmm. which is very dark. Yeah, um, they took that one very seriously, but but then they jump right back into funny. Yeah, yeah. So I think if they had gotten more, whereas the movie it's it has funny moments throughout, but once you hit about the midway point, mm-hmm. it is no longer as funny. Yeah, and I it agree. just it's just dark, mm-hmm. and it's in a way that plays well to what is happening because it's. It's emphasizing the seriousness of what's happening, and you don't realize that it is getting serious. Yeah. But in the musical, it's just kind of nonstop funny and goofy and and all that. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about Dead Girl Walking and mm-hmm. stuff. And so this is what they had to say in that same article um, for Dead Girl Walking. At this point in the movie, Veronica has just been, what they said, excommunicated by, by Heather Chandler. Veronica returns home and descends into what they call self-pity, but I didn't think about... I didn't think it was self-pity in the movie at no, all. No, I didn't think it either. I, it seemed more like she was willing to take a stance, and mm-hmm. and she was pissed. Yeah. But I never felt it as self-pity. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt more like she made a decision that was going to affect everything, and she didn't know how she felt about it. But, But anyways... She's writing angrily in her diary, and JD surprises her by climbing in her window. But for the musical adaptation, we wanted Veronica to sing here, processing the enormity of what she's just sacrificed and the danger she's put herself in. In the musical, Veronica drives the plot forward more consistently than in the movie, and we didn't want to take our foot off the accelerator, so we realized it was stronger to have Veronica be the one initiating things. So Veronica throws all caution to the wind and celebrates... Her final moments by climbing into JD's bed and bluntly seducing him. Yeah. This is the moment, in their opinion, mm-hmm. where that begins. If Veronica had left well enough alone and stayed out of JD's life, he would have probably kept his murderous rage frozen and dormant. In teaching JD to love, she inadvertently awakens a sleeping monster. And I don't think I like that. It almost feels like they're saying Veronica is the reason why he is what he is. And you kind of get that vibe in the musical. No, you do. I, I'm trying to remember what song it was where towards the end. Where he's like, I'm doing this because I love you, yes, essentially. Yes, And it's like, y- your love for me is making me crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't like that. Yeah. 
I mean, in the movie, no. you get the impression that JD was there were steps that were being taken where he could have not been that way. Yeah, but but I never felt like it was Veronica making him that way in the movie. It always felt like him. Like she was around, I, and the situation that he she was in, yeah. like helped him get to that point. And his love for her, like because of like the issues with Ram and Kurt. Mm-hmm like did amplify that mm-hmm. but but I never felt like it was her that was getting him that way in the movie and see I, I no I agree with you on that and I think this is where where by adding the topic of love it changes it changes aspects mm-hmm. many aspects and this is one of them and in the movie love was kind of a it's never a focus. It's never uh, something they actually look at directly. No, because actually there's a moment in the movie... Like, at one point, you know, JD does say, Our love is God, which they turn into a number, mm-hmm. which is a good number. But, like, they never really, like, admit love for each other directly. And you never get the sense that they really are in love, essentially. It just feels like a relationship that they're trying to make work. And... So like the toxic relationship yes. again. It's 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 the I almost like feel like that was the model for all that for yeah. him in this. Because um she she talks with him at the the convenience store mm-hmm. and then all that stuff with Heather Chandler goes down and they're leaving the funeral and I remember Heather McNamara is telling her about the double date and mm-hmm. she tells her she's like, No, I don't know, you know, JD and I are kind of a th- are kind of going out or something yeah. like that. So you never really feel like they're exclusive, like they're together, like it's they're just trying to see what'll happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the choices that they make together in like killing the two guys that now they're kind of stuck together. So he, we, we did, you did mention earlier that he in the movie it's more evident that he's using her. Right. Yeah. Do you think they wanted to move away from that idea of? Her I think being, so. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted. I feel like they were trying to make her more empowered, yes. but it kind of backfired. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they even say when they're talking about the song 17, mm-hmm. they said they wanted Veronica here to take a stand that's not found in the original film. She gives JD an ultimatum stop murdering people and try to be a human being, or you lose me forever. What would be Veronica's best argument to wake JD's humanity up and arrest his slide into rage and madness? You have to offer hope of something better. We recalled some of our personal high school histories when as teenagers we'd had to intervene to try to save people although we weren't qualified and the job should never have fallen to us. We had thrown up our hands in defeat thinking, can't we just be 17? And I think I appreciate what they're doing because I can even remember times when I was in high school where I tried to help people and I was definitely not qualified. Mm -hmm. But... Whereas in the movie, she starts to see this dark side of JD, and she's like, I need to get out. Like, this is bad. Like, he's he's abusive, and he's dangerous, and he's got a gun, mm-hmm. and he's been manipulating me. Like, I need to get out of this. I, but I, in the musical, it's like, I really want to be with you, but you can't be doing this. Yeah. And I, I, there are some, some aspects of, of reality to that, I think, in some, you know, the whole toxic relationship thing and the, the stuff like that. It's a little more realistic in the sense of that's what a lot of people go through who are in toxic relationships. But in, in some ways, 
that's not the point of the of the of the of the movie originally of the story. I think the original story was to outline. It, it's almost like the movie. Okay, so the movie was here to to highlight some things that we all see in the world in, in society and in particularly in high in, in our high school age and, and i'm gonna get to some of that from what they were talking about okay too. so so and then yeah but in the musical it, it's, you're definitely on a point it, it's it's watering it it's water it's making it more uh, i think the I general thing about the musical it. is it's very shallow yes yes yeah, it's not very deep <laughs> no so my favorite song in the musical is definitely meant to be yours it's just a very powerful song, very interesting, very dark. And when you listen to it, you just you can just imagine it. Mm, I'm trying just, to remember that one. <laughs> so it's it. it's Yo Girl and Meant to Be Yours. Um, it's when um, Veronica learns from her parents um, after Martha had tried to commit suicide and mm-hmm. failed. And her parents are talking to her and they find out that JD is basically going to plan to kill her by faking her suicide. And so you hear that JD's coming, and mm-hmm. so she's trying to hide, and he comes, and and he confronts her in her room. Okay. And so what they said is, these two songs are really one sequence. This was a fun adaptation and a slight departure from the film, calling both for psychological and logistical changes. For the musical adaptation, we felt we needed to dig deep into JD's psyche to find the core of grief loneliness, wounded pride, rage, and desperate love that could drive a teenage boy to kill dozens in an insane attempt to remove the obstacles, i.e. people, he thinks are preventing his beloved from loving him. Even though in the movie, JD thinks Veronica's dead at this point to amplify the urgency, we had JD start the song thinking Veronica's alive, still trying to win her over to his awesome romantic murder plan, JD sings his monstrous manifesto to a Veronica who has locked herself in her closet. Only at the end of the song does JD kick down the closet door, discovering Veronica apparently dead. I remember this now. And of course, this song is the hardest musical in the sh- music in the show. It has lots of drop beats, meter change-ups, key changes, the whole kitchen sink, in keeping with JD's frantic mental state. But again, the positivity rule helped us. JD sees his murderous plan as a solution to win back love and make the world a better place. Mm. And I definitely think out of all the numbers in the show, this one was the best. I think it was handled the best. I think it was the closest to the movie you could probably get, but better. Mm. I did think, even from the get-go, the first time I watched the movie, it was very weird that he's just telling this dead girl hanging there his plan. I just saw it as a kind of something from the 80s type movies, satires. Uh, it, to me, it fit with what, like when I saw it, it fit with a lot of 80s satire stuff or comedies that I've seen in the past. Sure. I don't, sure. I just, I felt like it was a little random. I felt like it was, it was kind of like exposition. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. So I think it was handled better in the musical where he thinks she's alive, and so he's trying to win her over to his plan, mm. and you can see he's he's just gone crazy. Maybe I got distracted and didn't pay attention enough during this part. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't remember it. I, I don't think for me it didn't impact me as much. Sure. You know, but I, I think too. I, whenever we get to slow songs, uh, or whenever I get to slow songs in in general, I usually start to tune out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the one downfall is afterwards, he doesn't seem as crazy. 
Whereas I feel like that this was his yeah. breaking moment, but he becomes a little bit more sane afterwards, which didn't seem to work for me. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I though it was a good song, you liked it. You, you, you thought it was a, a good song. No, I definitely think it was the one handled the best. Okay, but it was the carry through, the follow through afterwards did not work. Not as not as well. Okay. No, it it it, it seemed to lack a little bit of the continuity. Mm. And so this is the last one that that I have mm-hmm. from them. There's there's more if you ever look up the Playbill article, but we'll link to the article in the sure in the we show. will. <laughs> I mean, you've basically heard the whole thing, anyways. So the last one I'm going to talk about is the reprise of Dead Girl Walking. Mm-hmm. They say our positivity doctrine helped us a lot here. Here is where we really tried to write a Heather's for our current era, mm-hmm. which we kind of touched on. Yes. The original movie did a great job blowing the whistle on the lies and self-deceptions of the Reagan era, but once you've blown the whistle, what then? It wasn't enough for our stage version to just replicate those criticisms. We needed to take a further step and clarify that we, and Heather's the Musical, abhor violence, and we have to keep looking for ways to help angry people before they lash out in anger, and that we have to change the ways our schools and communities are run and prioritized. And so in these angry and often brutal times, we try to remember that Veronica believed that JD was redeemable all the way to the end. She reached out to him instead of pushing him away. It seems a good way to live. Hmm. Thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I know my thoughts. I'm trying to think this through without getting political because I, I have a lot of uh, strong feelings in regards to contemporary sensibilities. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Let me hear your thoughts first. You'll help me. I I like the idea that anybody can be redeemed and that anybody can become a better person. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it was handled well in this. I agree. I agree. Especially because at the very end, when they're singing the finale and everybody kind of blindly like holds hands and is singing that they're going to make the world a more beautiful place, mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like a cop-out but that's what they were aiming for and it's it the was whole positivity thing and, and say okay now some i'm not a big fan of positivity and it no that's, I, that's a bad way of putting it Let me i'm not that. a big fan of positivity <laughs> i'm not I hate a big, positive i'm not a big fan of unearned positivity no kind of this to me there's a big difference between between happiness to me, there's a big happiness. There's a, like I, I talk about joy and I talk about happiness with people. And to me, a lot of what positivity is is, is happiness. And you see this now with happiness quotients. You see books. You see, you know, they're looking at other uh, cultures and happiness stuff. I I think the pursuit of happiness is kind of a like the pursuit. Is it? A, I, yeah, right. It is a movie, isn't it? It's kind of like the pursuit of love. When you pers- when you pursue these overarching things without taking into consideration the complexity of life, sure, we um, create oversimplistic solutions to a complicated world that don't work. Right. You know, and and it's kind of like they even even in the, what you just read, they're they're once again adding a message. Because they want to do their PSA, which interestingly enough was something that was made fun of in the movie. Because that whole song, uh, "Don't Commit Suicide," or what is it? Oh yes, "Teenage Suicide, suicide don't, don't Do, do it. it." Yes, that was based off of a Queen song. Really? Yes. 
I have to look that one up. And so it's it's they're making fun of that. They're making fun of what the musical is trying to do in the end. Right. And and uh, I'll just come out. You know, in in my study of psychology, there is an actual um, uh, uh, positive psychology. You know, uh, where they there's a lot of happiness stuff and things like that. And I always I never could see a practical like I, I understand the theory theory behind it but I never saw where it actually has added anything or contributed anything to society because one of the things in these um, PSA type things is and when you don't take into, into consideration the complexity of life of humanity of how we are of how society is you create these you try to create these these programs or these ideas that are a one-size-fits-all and it ends up it's like the war it's kind of like the the say no to drugs thing it it mean they mean well and i understand it but they fail sure you know and and, and it's the same thing here whereas uh, i'm going to go back to what i said before it's the whole there are some tried and tested uh i don't want to call them solutions but uh ways of looking at life that work right they've worked for the last thousands of years i mean you go back to greek philosophy i wouldn't say roman per se some roman but mostly greek philosophy you go back to the the bible you go to um just other ancient writings and you see these these uh you know eastern writings and you see these certain ideas but instead we're trying to create these new things in society or simplify them too much and granted i'm not saying there aren't simple things but i think the movie hit it on the nail with their ending Whereas with the contemporary musical, their ending is more. Let's throw in what you know is we think is going to a solution to the problem, but has yet to actually cause any change in society. Yeah, and it's it's more of anybody can be redeemed, and we can get along, but it also doesn't tell you how. Yes, and and I was thinking that right now too. The change, the the desire to change. Right. You know, one of the biggest things I have a couple of psychology friends, psychologist friends, and uh, recently I was talking to one of them, and she told me how one of the biggest frustrations is when she's when she's working with people is there can be no change until they want it. Right. You know, and you see that in the movie where what's her name? The other friend, the former friend. She doesn't want to change. Heather Duke? No, no, no. The um, the one that she... Oh, Betty Finn. Betty Finn. Yes. You know, she doesn't want yeah, to change. She's a good person, mm-hmm. but she likes the way that the society is, and she says if she could rise up in society the way that Veronica did, she would do it. Yeah. And I, I, and I think you see that in, in contemporary society in general, in, in all different uh, social classes. There are many people who just don't want to change, you yeah. know? And it's it's... We can. I, I think that in some ways, when they how they don't want to add moral uh, perspectives to things, in some ways, we have to accept that. You know, in order for a functioning society to exist, we have to accept that. Trying to force every people to be positive, trying to force people to be other things, especially trying to force people to come to the understanding and thinking of yours. Yeah, and the only line that addresses that in the musical at the end is when she says. Um, we something like they'll always we may never get rid of or stop the heathers or something like that. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, you know, and it's like that's true. 
you know, and, and until we accept that there will always be Heathers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no matter how much we, we try to push these ideas. And now, so what I'm not saying, though, and I don't want people to walk away thinking I'm saying that we should not uh, we should not try to be different. But I think this is where individual either as parents or our interaction with our friends and things like that. I'm, I'm going to go back to the kindness thing. I think kindness is probably a better uh, foundation than love and positivity. <laughs> you know, not that those two aren't bad, but ki- out of kindness comes things. Because so this way, even if we disagree with you, even if I don't like you, and it's funny because I had this talk with a high schooler recently where I told them how um, you're going to probably come across girls uh, who were going to be mean to you. In fact, I think it, it was the girl wasn't mean to her, but it was a Oh, it actually, it fits with the, with the where uh, with the whole musical. It's a girl who she was friends with in el- or who she knew in elementary school, and they were cordial in elementary. And now that they're in high school, the girl ignores her and pretends like she doesn't exist. Yeah, that and, happens a lot. Yeah, and and I told her by being kind in in general and 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 not criticizing her like a lot of other people are doing. You never know what's going to happen down the road. But I was uh, really just in, in pushing this idea of kindness with her and saying there could come a t- point, and it's already kind of starting to happen. This girl was actually being bullied by her friends, um, and there was kind of a conflict in one of their classes. And I said, never underestimate what's going to, you know, never, uh, yeah, I guess, underestimate what could happen. There could come a point later on in life where this girl's going to need a friend, and she's, and if you're kind to her, she'll know this is the one of the few people I can turn to. I don't know. I like that. I, I like that 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 the movie's way of ending things better, you know, the message there. I mean, I'm going to... I think it's clearly obvious that both you and I like the movie more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say, as far as adaptations go, at I have to say at least the writers of the musical were successful in doing what they wanted to do. True. For the most part. Mm-hmm. There's a few things they did that I think didn't quite make the mark. Yeah. But generally, yes, they did what they tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it missed the point of the movie. It did. I agree. Um, as far as if you remember when I was talking about different adaptations from when we did the Pride and Prejudice episode, mm-hmm. I think this one is probably um, an adaptation that was message-based. Hmm. And I think the the creators of the musical had a message they wanted to to get out there, and it didn't matter if they changed things to get it out there. Mm, yeah. Um, right, yeah, I see that. And that's not to say it's not a decent musical. There are definitely numbers in it that I really like and I do listen to still. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to be a part of a production of it at some point. I would definitely make changes if I was allowed to. <laughs> But there would be many changes, so probably couldn't do that. <laughs> I think as far as it goes, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I I think it's the movie is still the better option. Yeah, no, I agree. I I would, you know, if, for our listeners, if they if I would I would definitely recommend the movie above the uh, the musical. I do have to say though, if any listener out there is going to think that every original source material is going to be the best coming from our mouths. There will definitely be some um, things coming up that the movie will actually be better. <laughs> really? I'm, in my I'm, opinion. I'm trying to think of what, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yes, we will. No, but, no. I, 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 do, I, 
I, I don't know if we mentioned this too at the beginning. I don't think we did, but you know, if you're interested in watching this, be aware it is a dark comedy. Oh yeah, don't watch it with children. Don't watch it with children. Um, and definitely don't watch the musical with children. Yes. Uh, I feel like you could probably get away with watching the movie with a kid, but you shouldn't. But you definitely should not watch the musical with a kid. <laughs> yes. Which is funny. Uh, yeah, no, it is. And and yet at the same time, there was and watching the movie, I kept on thinking like, ah, oh, there's certain messages in here I would love to, you know, my, I kind of wanted my daughter to watch the yeah, movie. She's getting old not, enough that she probably could. At 14? I think she could handle it now. I think if you prep her ahead of time. Probably. And in fact, I talked to her today about it. I was like, oh, I'm not telling yeah. her about this. and maybe Maybe wait a year or two. Possibly, possibly. But um, I think she could handle it. No, my daughter can't. <laughs> yeah, I've met her. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, if, if otherwise, if it, we do we do caution parents and, um, you know, watch it without your children first, get a take on it. And I mean, I would hope that parents would do that anyways with anything, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. And I think one of the things, too, is it, it's a good, it's a good, well, I don't want to say it's a good film. It's a film in which if you do choose to watch it and let your ch- uh, kid watch it, it definitely... Have a conversation about it. It will spark. Yeah, some if you choose really to have a conversation about it after viewing it, mm-hmm. it will definitely spark a conversation. If you are averse to, to foul language, then don't watch it. Oh yeah, lots of lots of very suggestive, very foul language. Yes, in that case, just read the synopsis on yeah online. <laughs> It'll do can, nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, no, and you'll you'll get the gist of it there, and you can have, talk about the topics here with your kid at that point. But um, I have to repeat, Winona Ryder was sixteen when she did this. Yeah. That is so good. Yes. For 16? Mm-hmm. Man, the range on that girl. <laughs> Not like other actresses who play the same character in every movie. <laughs> right. I Man, I want to, like, um, when she was in Stranger Things. <laughs> I can't. It's the lights. and I don't know. <laughs> I have seen Stranger Things. But I binged it all. No, I, I love her. I loved I her in Stranger too. Things. But it's just too much fun not to make fun of that. Yeah. Yeah. SNL actually did a really funny one where they, they did what S, what the second season of Stranger Things would have been. The the actress they got for Winona Ryder was spot on. Oh, really? It was so good. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. All right. So ending on a fun note, who was your favorite character? And I'm going to say you could pick either the movie or the musical, but I know you'll pick the movie. My favorite character. Yeah, for any reason. Um, <laughs> we'll I, edit out I your know. silence. I know, I'm trying to think it through. No, don't edit out the silence. I want the audience to be at bated breath, <laughs> waiting your answer. After the Pride and Prejudice episode, I'm surprised you don't have one ready. I know, I didn't think about it beforehand. Hmm... I mean, I really liked her character, Winona Ryder's character in it. Oh, I mean, Veronica. yeah, she's great. And 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 just the 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 journey. In fact, I wrote down at one point she's the teen version of the hero's journey. Sure. Which is, you know, I like her little mon- monocle. Oh, <laughs> I loved her monocle. In fact, it was so random. It was, and I'm like. Yeah, when I saw that, it made me want to get a monocle, too. But it definitely felt like an 80s movie. Like, I feel like 80s teen movies had really random things like that. Yes, yes. Um, No, I would say she was my favorite character, uh, Veronica. Yeah? In the thing, Mm -hmm. in the movie. Is he... With Martha as my second. I I think I was going to pick Martha. (laughs) I I think think Martha might be my favorite. 
and she's not in it a ton no but every scene she's in is impactful yes like she does a lot with little mm-hmm. I, I read somewhere that she was a comedian at the time really yeah and part of the reason why she was chosen is partly because of her size mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting you never would have guessed she was a comedian yeah no but actually now that you mention it I'm trying I almost want to say I, she she seems looked familiar when I was watching the movie. You have to go look her up now. Yeah, now I have to go look her up. Yeah. I, she's still around, apparently. Or at least she was when they wrote the article I read. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows now? Yeah, but Most of the stuff I read was about the time the musical was coming out. Mm. I think it was like the 20th or 25th anniversary. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I think Martha's probably my favorite character. I really don't know. I you see, The thing about the movie is... <laughs> I don't want to say JD's my favorite character, mm. but he's compelling. Like, you don't want to root for him, but you can't help but watch. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. There's something about his character that just makes you want to just ask what's going to happen. Mm. What's that whole unknown, uh, you know, Because he's unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. Whereas in the musical, I felt his character really hinged on Veronica. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he was his own character. He was fleshed out. Yeah. And you didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you just, you're peeling off these layers of him. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I wasn't as drawn to him probably because of my research into psychopaths and <laughs> I don't find them very appealing anymore. You know, yeah. I know a lot of, uh, there's kind of that mystery behind them. Well, once you peeked behind the curtain yeah you're kind of like eh. <laughs> well is there anything else you wanted to add no i think i'm good all right great i, I got all my points across <laughs> i got i went through all my notebook my notebook's all jumbled i'm gonna do better at taking notes next time <laughs> just get a new notebook yes i do <laughs> all right so i think you know it's time to do it's the game what type of adaptation is this Yes. What type of adaptation is Heather's? All right. If you have not heard us talk about this, please go listen to our trailer where we talk about what is an adaptation. Um, There are four that I came up with, faithful to source material, expanded, artistic, and message-driven. And, you know, this one's a tough one. I really want to say it's message-driven, but maybe it's artistic? That's, it's interesting because I actually wanted to go with artistic, but I feel it's more message driven. Yeah, it's 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 because they changed a lot. Yes, and the changes are. You know, you're right. I think I have to say it is message driven because the message is different. Yeah, and exactly. so inherently, I guess it's a message driven adaptation. Mm-hmm. I think I I feel like I want to lean towards artistic just because it was made into a movie, to a musical, and right, the and, 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 stuff, and they're but... very different artistic choices. Yeah, but no, I think it's message driven. And for the listeners who need a reminder. Um, message driven is the source material is used more as you know a vehicle to tell something specific that may not have been in the original story you know the it's opinion driven it could be political or it teaches a lesson or a moral so yeah i guess that that works yep so we agree on that (laughs) yes i mean we agreed a lot on this one yeah that's true i mean i think we both agreed we didn't like the (laughs) musical musical? Mm, definitely (laughs) great all right 
Well, thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. I'm happy you got a lot out of it because you've never seen either of the movie or the musical. Especially considering how much I was dreading this this top this particular. Which is funny. Yeah, because I I assumed you should just blindly trust me. I don't know about that yet, but we'll see. Maybe a year from now. If, if a year from now we're still doing this and <laughs> and you have not hated anything I've recommended, then maybe you can blindly trust me. I'm sure there'll be one. I'm going to wait for that one. I'm prepared for people to dislike things I don't like because I know I like some weird things. Yeah, no, I'm sure there'll be people who dislike. No, but I think our, our sensibilities in regards to our interests are similar. Enough. To yeah. where we're so far, yeah, yeah, we're agreeing on most things. I'm still waiting for the one where we'll disagree. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'll have my, my uh, boxing gloves on. Great. Metaphorically? <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. thank you for joining us. Yeah, we'll hope that you can join us next time. And if you have any recommendations that you want to hear, let us know. Um, Feel free to email us. We might take it into account. (laughs) Otherwise, we hope you have a good week. Or if this is night, good night. I don't don't know what you're doing. Yes, I don't either. If you're listening this while you're driving, I hope you've been paying attention (laughs) to the road. (laughs) And we hope to see you next time. Safely. Yes, thank you for joining us. See us? Are they going to see us? Oh, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Willing to Adapt. Please like and subscribe. Maybe leave a review or just share us with friends and family. We would also love if you would follow us on social media. If you have ideas for future episodes for us, please email us at ericandromi at willingtoadapt.com. That's Romy with an I. And remember, when the only thing constant in life is change, be willing Willing to to adapt. adapt.